Hello, and welcome to the UUCSV podcast. I'm Evan Yannick, and I'm glad you're listening. The Unitarian Universalist Congregation of the Swannanoa Valley has a mission to create an open, active, and welcoming liberal religious community that nurtures spirituality, inspires growth, and learning in the search for truth, and challenges us to live our values conscientiously through service and example. This week, our Reverend Michael Carter spoke on the meaning of the beloved community, which we strive to create. It was recorded on December 8, 2019. I hope you enjoy. What does community mean to you? Growing up, I always thought that community was the place where you lived and the people that surrounded you, well, that, that was part of your community. And that, that is one definition of community. And it's an important buzzword these days. Because people are recognizing that the social structures that we have built are deteriorating. And people want more of a sense of connection with others. Suburbia is almost perfectly designed to keep interaction to a minimum. Consumerism and capitalism are other important factors. And we're bombarded by messages promoting individual ownership supported by laws and financial institutions. But that's not what we mean when we talk about community. We, as Unitarian Universalists, and as just regular old human beings, we talk a lot about community, and we crave it, and rightly so. Community is tangible. It's, it's cohesive. It, it, it brings people together in ways that allow us to do things that we couldn't do uh, in isolation. I have met many people who have left their homes of origins just to come to Asheville to either join or begin intentional communities for themselves and or their families. And our sixth principle affirms the goal of world community with peace and justice and liberty for all. While researching the definition of the word community, I came across two uh, meanings. The first definition defined community as a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. I, I, I didn't like that one, but it was there. I, and you know, I do think with my feelings, so I didn't really, it felt weird to me. The second definition stated a feeling of fellowship, it said feeling, a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Now, that felt better to me, but I want to add something else to it. I like it. I like it better than the first one. For me, the purpose of community is to hold a vision of everyone's uh, innocence. To hold a vision of everyone's innocence. Members of the community at least try to love and accept each other right where they are, here and now. Now, interestingly enough, the Buddhists call their communities a Sangha, which means the community of friends who are on a spiritual path. This community is one of the Buddha's greatest gifts. And needless to say, it takes a lot of work, as we know here. It takes, it's messy uh, 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 building community. It's messy being a diverse a community. It takes a lot of internal and external work. Why? Because the community is made up of what? Of individuals. Individuals. 
In almost every endeavor we face, when we have help from our friends, the load is lighter. It's somehow easier. Friends assist us in managing the loneliness we sometimes face, especially during uh, this time uh, uh, of the year. They give us the needed support for the trials we should go to. Well, we should, that we will have to go to. Why do we need this help? Simply put, because the spiritual path is a very difficult path. And, 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 and why it is, it's difficult because it forces us to go against our addictions. Our addictions to anger. Our addictions to hatred and obsessions. And all the stuff that the human ego needs to keep us separate from one another. It's hard work, which is why many people choose not to walk that trail. Doesn't make them bad people, but it, you know, why, why, why look at, why, why do that self-inventory? I may see something about myself I don't like. I already know I don't like you, but I don't want to not like myself. <laughs> Past mistakes, misunderstandings, transgressions, no matter how severe, we don't want to hold that against people, right? And, and so this is what we're trying to create, the, the community, the beloved community. Each person is seen as new and innocent and unstained. Now, this doesn't mean that any behavior is tolerated. Someone in, in, in the community may have to leave if something really egregious is done. We wish them well, and they go in peace. But, you know, because there are guidelines, there are boundaries. Good fences do make good neighbors. Anyone who violates an agreement is asked to discuss her, to discuss her motives and her behavior. And, and, we, and, and, and they get to hear the feedback. But the goal is not to embarrass or to blame. The goal is to hear and, and, and let them know that there are other truths in the room. The community must learn to see the individual as acceptable as she is right now. For all she wants is what we want, and that's love. That's all we really want. When after the degrees and all the highfalutin talk and my MDiv and your PhD, and all, it's BS in a lot of ways. It just comes down to love and what that looks like. Consciousness is shifting on the planet, whether you believe it or not. The age of the individual has come to an end. We, are, we as you use and as children of the West must come to grips with this now. This is the way the spirit of the spirit of life. We offer those who are in need of love because we know that those in need of love will find us here. Every morning when people get up and say where they've come from and they come here, they find us. They find us. It's not by accident. It has nothing to do with Christianity or UUism or churchianity. It has nothing to do with that at all. It, it has nothing to do with isms. It has nothing to do with any religious hierarchy or organizational structure. All are welcome here. Our community celebrates life in all of its forms and in its quintessential formlessness. Our community goal is to provide a climate of understanding, safety, and love. We as Unitarian Universalists privilege the democratic process. That's hard. 
And uh, it's not so much about agreement as it is, it is about the respect of different points of view. For democracy to work in any community, be loved or not, plurality of thought must be accepted. It has to be. This does not mean that all ideas can and should be implemented. I want you to hear that. But it does mean they should at least be heard. It takes courage to disagree, and this is not always easy. You know, Brother Billy Graham, when he was alive, bless his heart, uh, you know, he wrote an article in the Citizen Times saying that we were a cult. Now, I... Um, and, and no, no, I mean, no, no, really. Uh, uh, he's, he was a good brother. I wrote down in my diary, uh, he needed a chaplain. He stayed on my unit when, when I was at mission. And so when he would come, he would call the chaplain. Now, he never asked me my faith tradition, but he would ask me to pray with him. And I'm hoping he is after those prayers where he needed to be. But I wonder if he would have changed that if, he said, if I said I was a Unitarian. And so Brother Mark Ward in very gracious way, wrote back, responded to uh, Brother Graham, and said, no, we're not a cult. We have a history. Uh, uh, we offer community. We're not a cult. We do not use the tactics of fear to control our members. These tactics don't, which is what cults do. Uh, uh, we, don't make, we, we, we try to make people safe and secure. Acceptance of differences is essential to the creation of a loving community. Hierarchical, closed belief systems, they promise you Shangri-La, but they give you Alcatraz. And so we are not a cult. And I am not a crook. <laughs> Members of a community must be adaptable. I am not that. It doesn't mean you have to give up your own ethics or principles, but we need wisdom. <laughs> I didn't take my medication. <laughs> I don't know how many more characters I'll come up with. Uh, and you know, there, there are personalities here who like to argue. Uh, and believe it or not, there are people who just love to argue. And they're, we, they're here. And, and at times, the more quiet or reserved members of the community with the loudest voices can sometimes take over. This does occasionally happen. And, th and that's part of the messiness of trying to have community. And, and so you just ask, do you want to be right or do you want to be at peace? If they say, I want to be right, you just have to back off. People who are trying to create a living community are also good mirrors for themselves and others. And so for people's voices who don't get hurt, we have to encourage that. We have to, sometimes you have to say in a meeting, now Michael, you're taking the air out of the room, but uh, I didn't need to speak. Uh, you know, these are just some of the things. If someone's person is really annoying you, that's a good indication that there may be something reflected in that person that you don't like about yourself. But it also could be you don't like that person. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> What's the point of all this? We want community. Because contemporary life in mainstream America is incredibly dissatisfying for most people. When people get more satisfaction from their interpersonal relationships, they seek less consumption. They seek uh, entertainment, you know, less. And this has both an ecological and financial benefit. It's cheaper and it wastes less resources. People who are part of the beloved community want to learn to grow. They're willing to better themselves, to look at themselves. We admire certain qualities in people, and we want to take that on. 
We have a lot of talented people here. We have people here um, who are very evolved people. And, you know, you kind of want to kind of be around them and kind of get some of that. You know what I mean? That's, that's okay. That's what, that's what we're about. Spiritual teacher Marianne Williamson reminds us that all human behavior is really only one of two things. Uh, either love or a call to love. I mean, again, you've got to strip away the fat and spit out the bones. Beneath all our so-called so differences and ego fears lies this reality. A call for love. A call for friendship. A call for vulnerability. None of us is strong all of the time. Oh, and, and we don't have to be. In short, love, not agreement, must become the bond that holds a uh, community together. Now, when Dr. King uh, popularized the notion of the beloved community, King envisioned a society based on social justice. Remember, King was many things, but he was a moralist. He was a moralist. And I'm not making a judgment on that. I'm not a moralist. I'm a pragmatist. Maybe I could use to be a little more moral. I don't know. I know that what may be right for me may not be right for you. And, but there are certain laws that are universal. But I can't tell you how to live your life, and you can't tell me how to live mine. The beloved community describes a society in which everyone is embraced. No one is discriminated against. What a concept. In progressive religious circles, you will often hear calls to build the beloved community. We're trying to build the beloved community. But I'm not sure we always appreciate the full historic resonance of that phrase. The term uh, beloved community was not coined by Dr. King at all. It was coined by the early 20th century American philosopher, Josiah Royce. He was the one who came up with that term. Most of us learned it from Dr. King. At an, at an early example after the Montgomery bus boycott, this is what he said about what he's trying to do. He said, the end is reconciliation. The end of all my work is redemption. The end is the creation of the beloved community. It is in this type of spirit, these are his words, and this type of love that can transform opponents into friends. It is this love that will bring about miracles in the hearts of men and women. I mean, he gave his life for that ideal. Not by himself, but this is through the ages. Joan of Arc, Rosa Parks, Sitting Bull, Sequoia, on and on it goes. But notice as well what King is not saying because this is important. He is not saying that we are often, what we are so often uh, accustomed to hearing in a competitive society like ours. He says the end goal is a decisive, or he's not saying that we want to crush our opponents. This is not what he's saying. He's saying in the beloved community, we transform our opponents into friends. In a 1967 Christmas sermon on peace, he says, we will not only win freedom for ourselves, we will so appeal to your heart and conscience that we will win you in the process. And our victory will be a double victory. But that's scary to some people. And so they shot him in his jaw to make sure that never happened. 
but it keeps going on whether he's gone or not. Whether you nail someone to a piece of wood or you burn them or you throw rocks at them. Love is scary. Love is scary. Governments do not want to hear that kind of talk because it takes power away from them. That's what it was meant by the love which will bring about miracles in the hearts of, of, of human beings. I think that G.K. Chesterton's view on Christianity applies to Dr. King's vision of the beloved community. Uh, Chesterton says, Christianity, it has not been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and therefore not tried. I believe that we here at UUCSV are contributing to King's idea of the beloved community. We are at least trying. We aren't perfect, but we don't have to be. We have our seven principles to help us navigate this trail. We realize that the journey is the goal. There's no goal. It's just doing it. It's experience. That's the goal, as Joseph Campbell says. And, and, and we, we may not even live to see what we're striving to create here. But we do the work anyway. And this is what uh, Tagore talks about. He says when you build a tree, when you, when you plant a tree by a river, knowing that you won't live long enough to see the tree grow, that's spiritual maturity. It's not instant gratification. We are part of this. We are attempting to live the beloved community in our part of the garden. And that's all we can tend to. It's our part of the garden. We don't worry about what our brothers and sisters are doing down the street or up the street here. We do what we have to do here. That'll take, they'll take care of themselves. We're intentional about this. And you don't know what we do, how it ripples, the ripple effect. We don't even realize the good that we're doing. In the living church, temple, mosque, sangha, group, or mosque, the power is always in the hands of the congregation. If it's not, you better think twice. You better think twice. People become empowered and leadership is cultivated. The other thing to remember is that relationship is a spiritual journey. We are all flawed people. We need each other. We argue and fight with each other and act a fool. Of course we do. But we come back to the table. We come back. All masks have to be burned because the beloved community needs authenticity. We don't need phony. We need you to take your mask off and, and put it down so we can see each other face to face and stand side by side. Courage is, 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 is needed. The words of a friend and colleague that we've read here, the late UU minister, Marjorie Bowens Wheatley wrote in her Litany of Restorations, it's 576 in your book, don't look. <laughs> we may get out on time. If recognizing, she writes, if recognizing the interdependence of all life, we strive to build a community, the strength we gather will be our salvation. If you are black and I am white, it will not matter. If you are female and I am male, it will not matter. If you are older and I am younger, it will not matter. If you are progressive and I am cons conservative, it just won't matter. If you are straight and I am gay, it just really doesn't matter. If you are Christian and I am Jewish, it will not matter. 
if we join spirits as brothers and sisters, the pain of our aloneness will be lessened, she writes. And that does matter. In this spirit, we build community and move toward restoration. These words are about transformation and healing. And that is what we are about here at UUCSV. That is what the beloved community is about. And perhaps most importantly of all, we see clearly now, right in front of our face, beloved community. That's, that's what it is. The greatest thing we can ever learn is to love and to be loved in return. So let us, as much as we can in the days and weeks ahead, years, remove any obstacles we have placed in the way of being a community so that we can live more fully in and out of it. Not for our own glorification, but for the good of our neighbors, for the healing of the world and the manifestation of the spirit of life that resides in each and every one of us now and forevermore. Perhaps it's time to bring community to the masses. May the love which overcomes all differences, which heals all wounds, which puts to flight all of our fears, which reconciles all who are separated, be in us and among us now and until we meet again. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thanks again. I hope you enjoyed. Please come back next week when Michael Carter will discuss the Advent season as it relates to a poem by the poet Rumi.